Tony speaks! Exclamation point. That's how you start movies now. And I guess that's how I'm going to start this podcast. So, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. As I just said, I'm your host as always, Tony Mango. And as you can tell by the title and everything else that goes along with this, this Review Point is targeting the latest and quote-unquote last, although who fucking believes that, movie in the Star Wars series. The franchise is concluding with Star Wars Episode 9, although they won't really tell you that. They don't like using the episode titles. The Rise of Skywalker. And I know that plenty of people that have been listening to this channel for a while know my opinions about the Star Wars movies. So I'm sure that a lot of people are expecting a big rant here. And if you are unfamiliar with Fanboys Anonymous and you're just tuning in for the first time, well, hey, welcome. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done that yet already. And ring that little bell for the notifications. And hit that like button, hopefully, by the end of this. And I hope you enjoy what we got to run down here. But I actually have to preface this with a couple different things. What am I going to run down? To be perfectly honest, I don't know if I'm going to run down a whole lot. And it's not necessarily because I don't have a whole lot to say. It's actually kind of the opposite. I have so much to say about this movie that I don't think I can do it justice with a normal review point. So I don't know how to approach this. And I think that the best way that I can do it is to be as generic as possible. And I'm sure I'm going to go down some rabbit holes here and there, but I have notes about this movie that go into all these different kinds of categories that can lead into many different other types of reviews. I could talk for hours about this movie in the context of multiple different things because are you reviewing the movie as a standalone movie? Are you reviewing it as a follow-up to The Last Jedi? Are you reviewing it as the rounding out of a trilogy? Are you reviewing it as a follow-up to the original trilogy? Are you reviewing it as a follow-up to the original and the prequel trilogy? About the future of the franchise? There's so many different... You know, do you want to view it as a filmmaker? Do you want to view it as a fan? Do you, There's a million ways you can frame this. So I don't really know how to frame it. And I guess the best way for me to do it is to just be as generic as I can with the guidelines that I've done in the past of the making the grade. And I will do my best to try to cram in as much content as I can, which, funny enough, that's what the movie does. So here's how Review Point typically works. I'll talk about what I liked and what I didn't like. Those are the hits and the misses. And I'm going to try to do this spoiler-free for a little bit of this, and then eventually I'll get into some more of the details and talk spoilers. But when I do that, I will give you a warning. And if you're watching the YouTube video, then something will change on the screen too that goes along with that part. So yeah, uh, I want you to do the same thing and leave the comments below. Uh, hopefully if you leave comments pretty soon after this comes out, be a little bit mindful about the spoilers because I know that some people don't want to be spoiled. Uh, spoiled. Yeah, that's how you word that. Uh, don't want to be spoiled. So be mindful about that. Um, but by all means, chime in with your thoughts, whether you agree or you disagree with me. I still valid opinions. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And I think that I need to start off with some of the more fundamental things. Cause again, this is the non-spoiler section of the, the spoiler free one. So I can talk about some stuff like the visual effects. Great. Uh, all the characters looked like real characters instead of like CGI messes or like puppets that didn't look real or anything like that. 
all the visuals as far as like the battle scenes and you know the lightsaber effects we don't have like that strobing lightsaber problem that they used to have with uh, a new hope and we don't have the horribly fake looking cgi backgrounds of the prequel trilogy you know the force awakens and the last jedi and this movie one of the things that we can count on as far as consistency is the visual effects so great they should be nominated for best visual effects I still think that it's kind of strange that Godzilla didn't get nominated. Now we know that the shortlist is there. So the rise of Skywalker is on there. And depending on how many movies that they nominate for best visual effects, I can see this potentially winning that it looks great. As far as that's concerned, the music with, uh, Oh, and by the way, about the visuals, like the costumes and all that, that goes along with it too. So, you know, it's, there's no weird makeup in here that makes me think that anything stood out. But then again, I'm not real, you know, versed in that kind of stuff so i wouldn't be able to pinpoint that stuff too same thing when it comes to the music side of things like sound design i know nothing about so i can't say whether something felt off but what i can say is that the music was great because the music was basically just like a you know reference this here and there for this thing and you remember this force theme let's do that here and that kind of thing and that's a lot of what this movie does do pretty well which is to just reference things that you liked before and that can kind of lead into my overarching idea about this movie. The movie is basically a fan's apology for having screwed up the past movies. And I don't know if that makes up for the fact that they had done that. In fact, I would argue that it pretty much doesn't. And I think a lot of people are going to hate this movie for lots of different reasons. And a lot of people are going to love it for the same reasons. For instance, and this might be going into a little bit of a spoiler thing. I don't think necessarily it is, but just in case, kind of be a little wary about what I say in a minute. But like, if you've seen the force awakens and then you saw the last Jedi and you loved the last Jedi, more than likely what you loved about it was that it did something different and it took you by surprise and went against the grain now, that's something that upset me as a fan, because when you go against what a series is all about and you specifically crap all over the series, it's kind of saying, if you liked what happened before, you're an idiot and we don't like you as fans and we want to just kind of play around with you and bully you. And that goes for any franchise. I mean, listen to my Terminator review. Terminator Dark Fate is basically like, yeah, fuck Terminator 2. And that's my favorite movie of all time. So, you know, fuck Terminator Dark Fate, essentially. So The Last Jedi, if you really, really liked that movie because it took you by surprise, you're going to dislike movie because it, this movie because it doesn't take you by surprise. In fact, this movie checks off things as if they were just backtracking and undoing a lot of that stuff. They're fundamentally different movies, this one and The Last Jedi, and it's very much an apology. Now, I appreciate the apology as a fan because I think that The Last Jedi really ruined a lot of Star Wars. And my opinion about The Force Awakens has changed over years about a couple different things. When I went to see it, I was really excited. When I left the movie, I was really happy about a couple different things, but I was really nervous about their direction. And I thought that they failed in a lot of ways. Like, why were the X-Wings still just the X-Wings? Why is the First Order just basically the Empire? And who is this Supreme Leader Snoke? He just seems like he's Palpatine. And they just kind of copied and pasted. And that's just poor writing. But I was hopeful that they would at least 
balance out the movies with the second one. Of course, the second one movie comes along and they just botch the hell out of it. So with this one, I felt like they needed to apologize for screwing up. And they mostly did. But even though that apology comes wrapped in a lot of nostalgia and a lot of fan service, it's still not a good movie. Fundamentally, as just a movie, this is flawed. And I kind of can't talk about a lot of the reasons why without getting into some of the plot elements. So from here on out, the rest is going to be spoilers. So you're warned from this point going forward. If you don't want to know what happens in The Rise of Skywalker, put a pin in this, go watch the movie, come back and listen to my review afterward. But if you don't care, then by all means, continue listening. And hey, I warned you. So how do I even start things with this whole spoiler section of it? Uh, I guess the best way to say is this movie seems like it's written by somebody who's trying to cram in another movie before they get to the third film. Again, it's almost as if The Last Jedi is just kind of eradicated, but they can't just throw all those plot elements out because they, you know, it's it's canon. That's what happened. And this is what, how they followed up the story. And that's just what it is. But they do retcon a lot of those things in their own sort of way. And what I thought was really funny is this movie starts off with, hey, uh, never mind. Anyway, so Palpatine's back. That's basically what they did. And it's really kind of stupid because for such a big reveal like that, that should have been the end of the second movie. The, The act structure for these films doesn't seem to quite follow exactly how well they did the original trilogy but they do copy and paste a lot of that stuff and how did the second movie go the empire strikes back people failed it ended on a dark note and it ended on a revelation of something and that was the whole oh my god darth vader is actually luke skywalker's father if they would have done what the first half of this movie is as some of those plot elements of The Last Jedi and taken out some of those other elements of The Last Jedi that really sucked to make room for it, I think we could have gotten a pretty decent trilogy out of our hands. Now, that being said, none of the stuff that happens in this trilogy needed to happen because the movie is basically just saying the whole point of the first six movies ending the way that they ended, never mind, let's do some of that again. Because you backtrack and you do the Empire and then you bring Palpatine back and then Palpatine dies. Well, Palpatine already died. You didn't need to bring him back to kill him again. So it's funny that, for instance, in this movie, they just go, Palpatine's alive. Wouldn't it have been interesting if in The Last Jedi, instead of revealing that Snoke is just who gives a shit and he's dead, if they would have had something where Snoke says, yeah, I'm actually a clone of Palpatine and I'm back and you two are part of my plan and Rey is my great-granddaughter or granddaughter or whatever they wanted to go with. We'll talk about that in a minute, too. But, um, you know, and then they would have had that reveal, and at the end of the movie, Ray would have been thinking, crap, I'm meant to turn evil because my grandfather is the most evil person that's ever existed. And Kylo Ren gets the information that Darth Vader hasn't been talking to him, and that this whole time he's been... uh under the control of a puppeteer and the the puppeteer is Palpatine. He's a Palpatine, funny enough. (laughs) And 
that could have been an interesting way to end it. Instead, Ryan Johnston was so more obsessed with this idea that he wanted to make all these political statements about like, and I'm certainly not pro-Republican, but it seemed like the movie was just like, oh, fuck, you know, all the rich people and how about we do this whole casino thing and anybody can be uh, a hero, even these poor people and all this. And it's just like, my God, I get it. You wanted to do these political things. Maybe that should have been saved for spinoffs and not the main direction of the franchise. That, I think, is the big flaw with this whole thing. Ryan Johnson took, well, J.J. Abrams set up a movie with a lot of mysteries because he didn't really have a game plan. Nobody did. Kathleen Kennedy didn't have a game plan. None of them did. So it's it's multiple people's failures. And Ryan Johnson came along and said, yeah, I've got this political idea. Let's just do that. And then now J.J. had to come in and say, uh, how do we fix this all? And let's just do the most obvious things and just end it that way. If you're telling the story of how did they escape, whatever that planet was, because that's one of those problems with this sequel trilogy. They don't like giving you planet names. And I think that they finally realized that because this time they're like, it's Exegol and it's this planet, it's that planet. But let's just say that like The Last Jedi, if some of that stuff would have happened in a novel and they would have told the story of that they were being tracked through hyperspace and that there was this general and that general did this whole light speed thing and blew up another ship that way. That would be an interesting book. And if they told the story of going to Canto Bight and trying to find a hacker and it turns out that all these rich people are not affected by the war no matter what goes on, that would be an interesting story to tell. But when you're telling Star Wars and you have three movies, that's not the story that you should be telling. That should be a side story. These movies kept so much stuff in the dark that should have been the plot of these films and said, go read the books and we'll, you'll figure it out. And they wasted their time on crap like showing that they were letting loose a bunch of the animals on Canto Bite to prove that these people are good people because they don't want to hurt the animals. Well, of course they're good people. They're the goddamn heroes. We, we didn't need that plot point. So imagine a scenario where The Last Jedi is the first half of The Rise of Skywalker, wherein suddenly Palpatine is back and they find out that information and they're trying to become better leaders of the resistance and they're trying to use this wayfinder thing and that's how they try to get to these different points. Uh, Luke is training Ray, and, you know, you kind of like hit those same beats. Then this movie, Rise of Skywalker, could have picked up with, we know that Palpatine is back and we're going to try to pick ourselves up from this big loss of Luke Skywalker. And how do we combat that from there? If the latter half of this movie had a whole movie to breathe and better writers, it could have been a good movie. But the writers for this movie had to cram so much in that they did things like, for instance, The Wayfinder. Total plot device. And it's a plot device in the way that they said, we need a reason for them to be doing things. What can they do? And somebody must have responded, well, they can be looking for something. Because that gets them to go to different planets and talk to different people. And 
then that can lead them somewhere. So somebody else goes, okay, well, what can they get that can lead them somewhere? And another person responds, I don't know, maps lead somewhere. How about they try to find a map? Kind of like what they did in The Force Awakens. Basically, The Force Awakens was, we're trying to find a map. And this movie was, we're trying to find a GPS, (laughs) essentially. Here's a funny thing about this movie. Didn't they say that there were only two of these wayfinders? Where did the third one come from? Is it just because, well, Ray needs it. Shut the fuck up. Stop asking us with the logic behind this whole thing. So, as a, a film, the plot device is they look for a map. Well, they, they find clues to find a map. And they find the map, and then they go to the place. Oh, that's thrilling. There's lots of different things that I can go through here as far as, like, just questionable moments, like, 30 years later and the Death Star that blew up is just kind of okay. Like the throne room is still okay. Palpatine's chair is mostly intact. The Death Star blew the fuck up in space and it fell to a different planet and it's been in the water submerged for 30 something years. It's not moldy all over the place. The X-Wing that was submerged on Octu or Octu or Octo or I don't know whatever how you pronounce that because they didn't like to say the name of that either that is still perfectly functional even though it's been underwater for 10 20 years however long it's been since uh, Luke went there I didn't like that kind of stuff that stuff bothers me stuff like uh, the Knights of Ren they're introduced as a background thing in the first movie they're not at all brought up in the second movie and in this third movie they don't put up a fight So, how useful were the Knights of Ren? The Praetorian Guard things in The Last Jedi were better than them. There's, oh man, there's so much. Again, like I said, I can talk for hours about this movie. So, even though I want to give you guys some details and rant about some stuff, I feel like this is better off with me doing multiple different versions of things. Multiple rewrites, multiple discussions about different plot elements that didn't work all that well. But I'm just kind of going along here talking about the hits and the misses. So I've talked a lot about it in negatives. And I, uh, I'm i going to talk more negatives too. But I want to talk about a couple positives. One of the things that I really liked was how when they were apologizing about certain things, you could tell that the apologies came kind of direct. Like uh, Ray throws the lightsaber. Luke catches it and says, what are you doing? You should be treating this a lot better. Yeah, because they realized that it's stupid for Luke to just throw away the lightsaber. So that's them flat out apologizing to the fans. I appreciated that moment. I liked that Chewie got really emotional about Leia's death. Because that's the way that you would feel if you lost your friend of 30-something years. You would be very upset. So I liked that. I liked the little droid, Dio. He was cute. Uh, problem with it they kind of sped past his backstory super fast and he just sort of was there and it was like oh Dio he knows some stuff he must have been treated poorly <laughs> that's kind of strange I liked Babu Frick he was kind of funny he was kind of cute I don't know why he suddenly could speak English after talking to them for a little bit but you know whatever like Babu Frick hey he's a decent little extra character sometimes in these movies they just add these little characters and they're they're kind of funny Uh. Another positive, 
that I had about this movie was I liked the lightsaber fights. They were good. So hats off to that. I like that they introduced a new lightsaber variation because they've done that in some fashion in every single movie so far. So that's kind of cool. And a new color. Well, technically not new because that's been in like Rebels and stuff, but still, you know. And uh, I really liked that they had the Jedi spirit guiding voices. And I don't know exactly how many different characters they crammed in there because it wasn't obvious, but it seemed like they had Yoda, Obi-Wan, Luke, Leia, Qui-Gon. I mean, they got uh, two different Obi-Wans because they got Alcanus with the Ray thing and they got the um, little bits uh, here and there of... Uh, Ewan McGregor, it seems like maybe Ahsoka was in there, and maybe Mace Windu, like, I don't know how they quite pulled that off, it'd be interesting to look later and see how many people that they put in there, I know that they, I could see Qui-Gon Jinn listed under the credits, but I couldn't quite see everybody else, so, uh, that's something to look into in the future, but I got more negatives to talk about here, and I don't want to let them go by without pointing them out, um, Han is a force ghost, kind of, sort of, how, just because, because basically they needed to have people forgive Kylo Ren, so that way the fans could forgive Kylo Ren, Uh, I, although I will say, though, I did like how they had Palpatine at the very beginning say, I've been every voice that you've been hearing, so he's been manipulating him the whole time, and that kind of makes it a little bit easier for Kylo Ren to turn good, because he's been you know, the, the puppet this whole time. Uh, I don't like how Luke was just sort of like, yeah, Leia saw a vision that if she kept being a Jedi, that her son would die. And then it's like, well, all that shit went to pass anyway. So what you didn't get that information in the last Jedi. You never mentioned that before. It's, you know, hand wave for that kind of thing. I really hated how they decided to do this whole, like, Oh my God, Chewie's dead. Never mind. Oh my god, 3PO is gone forever. Never mind. That's poor storytelling. There's a lot of problems with this movie in particular. Here's the thing. The Force Awakens was poorly written to be a follow-up. The Last Jedi was fundamentally flawed in a creative direction for just anything. So they had no creative direction with the first movie, a horrible creative direction for the second movie, and for this third movie... They had the right creative goals, but they just did a poor job with them. For instance, with the Chewie's death thing. So Chewie gets put on this transport. How did he get put on the transport in that scenario? Think about it. Ray goes off and she says that she's got something she's got to do or whatever. Chewie walks off too, pretty close to the ship that they're on. Nobody hears any kind of a skirmish, yet he apparently gets caught in some kind of scenario and he gets put on a transport and Ray accidentally blows it up. Nobody saw a second transport. Nobody heard any commotion going on. Nobody saw anything leave. Nothing like that. And yet, Hey, Chewie's still alive. How does Ray know that Chewie's still alive? She just happens to feel it. She's sitting there going, Hey, I think that Chewie's actually alive and he's in there and it must've been a second transport. That's poor writing. Uh, the 3PO memory thing. You didn't need to do the 3PO memory loss thing because it's just, you you didn't you backtracked immediately after that. What was the point in that? When you're writing something well 
everything happens for a reason. And if you really think about scenarios like that, Chewie's death happens for no reason. Because it doesn't happen. And they just get the Wayfinder stuff anyway, and they just do this anyway. And it's like, well, you know, we immediately told you that he's okay. And it's just, it's just audience manipulation. If that's the negative audience manipulation to go along with the positive ones. Like when they introduce the throne room and you're hearing the music that calls back to Return of the Jedi. That's positive audience manipulation. This whole movie is basically just kind of poking at the fans. Uh, I think it's funny that Rose was sort of just tossed aside for Jaina, Jana. I, I don't even really know her character's name because this new character pops up and it's like, she's the cool new chick. Wouldn't it have been interesting if she would have been the character that they would have introduced in the second movie? Again, I'm going to elaborate more on this if I get the time. And if you want me to really make sure I get the time to do this, consider donating to the Patreon because the Patreon has a pick your poison tier. And if you donate to that tier and you're like, I want to hear more of what Tony has to say about The Last Jedi and uh, how to balance out The Rise of Skywalker by undoing The Last Jedi, then if you donate to that and you request it, one of the things I kind of want to work on, although I don't know if I'll ever have the time to, is how would I rewrite the trilogy that we just got where I'm trying to do the least amount of rewrites possible to get to the same point and just to prove that they could have done it. But here's a, a thought that if I eventually do that kind of a post, here's a thought that can be put in there. Imagine if Rose was this new Jaina character. If they would have in the second movie introduced that Finn comes across a bunch of other kids that were abducted and the whole movie for Finn is trying to release those kids. Then he comes across her. They fall in love and whatever. They go along with that. And you, you can even introduce Lando that way and have it be that like Lando lost his kid and his kid's either her or his kid is Finn. It would be more fitting if it's Finn because that would explain why he could like break his programming and stuff like that. Uh, but I think that uh, if that's the direction you would go with, that would have been better because Rose in this movie serves no real purpose. And they pushed her aside because it's like, ah, eh, nobody likes Rose. Then they introduce this new character. She's the replacement Rose. Also, it's kind of funny. Uh, they did this whole thing where Finn says, Hey Ray, I didn't tell you. And they don't follow it up in this movie. That's kind of strange. Uh, I don't know about the whole like plan for that. Maybe he was supposed to say, oh, I didn't tell you, I love you, but they decided not to do that or something. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Leave a comment below. Tell me what you think that Finn was supposed to be saying. Uh, yeah. So there's this whole hint that like the Jaina character might be like Lando's kid or something. I don't really know, but they're going with that. But speaking about people having kids, Palpatine had a kid and the kid had no powers and he never bothered to look into him for the past 30 years. And Palpatine's been around for 30 years, just kind of sitting around. And he had a kid like that old. He's like 90 and he's knocking somebody up. With all the planning that he does and how like paranoid he is, I don't think he would have just been fucking around with a bunch of sluts who want to sleep with the most powerful guy in the galaxy. He's not like he's, you know, the modern 
no, not modern, everybody, uh, you know, politicians and stuff from the real world, like this is fake stuff. This is fantasy, sci-fi epic type stuff. Palpatine was not really, as far as my point of view of the character, he was not the type that would have been like, I'm the emperor and this means that like, people will want to sleep with me because I've got so much power. No, he seemed like he was more so like, I want to destroy planets and crap. Also, by the way, another negative with this movie, they just have more Death Star things, but it's just the Star Destroyers are better now. Now they can actually destroy planets. They're little mini Death Stars. That kind of, uh, they can't think of anything other than this Death Star thing. But I didn't like the idea that Palpatine had a kid and that the kid just doesn't matter and all that. And I'm sure... They're going to try to flesh that out in the comics and stuff. And you know what? You shouldn't have to read the comics and the novels to get the most basic plot points out there. That should be the side stuff. You know, I think that, like, if you look at the original trilogy and even if you look at the prequels, if you did a side story between Empire and uh, Return of the Jedi, for instance, and you were telling a story of, like, how they came across the information of where Jabba the Hutt was. That's a side story. You don't need to know that in the movies. You go, okay, they found the Jabba the Hutt thing. In these movies, they're just like missing giant gaps. And they're like, oh, the books will fill it in. That's really lazy. Like they introduced this idea that Poe is a spice runner. And I guess that's kind of their equivalent of like a drug lord, sort of like a drug mule. And nobody seems to care. Wouldn't that have been the type of character development that would have been interesting in number two to be like, hey, this whole time, Poe, who seems like this real stand-up guy in The Force Awakens, turns out he's got a little bit of a seedy background. That could have been his story in the second one. And that's him. If you're still trying to get to the point of him becoming the leader, it's them having a mutiny of not liking that their leader used to be the Spice Runner. There you go. That's how you give him a character arc. And maybe since you're doing the Finn story of trying to get the kids, maybe you brought back Captain Phasma and she could have been the one that was leading the charge with that, you know, and that gives you more of that kind of thing. Ugh. Here's another really random kind of thing. Palpatine's lightning is strong enough to take out hundreds of ships from miles and miles away in the atmosphere, but he can't take down Rey with two lightsabers. That's really stupid. As far as... One of the sort of positive things go, they introduce the idea of healing, and then uh, Rey also heals Kylo Ren, and then as far as redemption goes, Kylo Ren, or Ben Solo at that point, sacrifices himself to give all of his life energy back to Rey and bring her back to life and all that. They painted themselves into a corner. They really couldn't have done it any other way, so I'll tip my hat off to them for going with the right decision, but it's kind of a... You know, we all knew that that had to happen because if it didn't happen, it would have been a horrible mistake. And that's kind of way that a lot of this movie went down is they did it poorly. The things that they had to do, they did. But they could have done it so much better. I mean, there, again, there's so many different things. I could just I, we're, we're half an hour into this and I still think of things like they introduced Lando and it's like, oh, yeah, Lando's here. Why? Like, what's his purpose? All that other kind of stuff. They didn't do that well. Uh, they do this whole thing with um, Kylo and uh, Rey seeing each other like they did in The Last Jedi. And you mean to tell me that if he could see that, like, where she was, he didn't recognize that she was in his chambers on his ship or anything? Like, imagine this. 
if somebody took a picture of themselves in my bedroom, I'm pretty sure I would know that they were in my bedroom. Just saying. And there's a lot of like, weird little things like that. So I really want to kind of do a deep dive on this, but I don't want to make this a four-hour-long podcast of just me rambling about stuff. So I'm going to wrap things up here with just a, a quick breakdown of some other things. Character-wise, the characters were pretty flat, but the characters have always been really flat in these movies because they haven't written good characters. Ray is still a non-character. Finn... They dropped the ball on him this time around. Finn was the best character in The Force Awakens, and they screwed him up in The Last Jedi, and they did nothing with him in this one. They did a little bit more with Poe here and there, but Poe is essentially just good guy who doesn't think that he can do his job well enough and sometimes is a little cocky, which is kind of contradictory. So that they didn't quite do Poe all that well. Kylo Ren is really the only one that gets any kind of character arc throughout the series, but it's the arc that Anakin already went through, so they just copied and pasted. There's no point in Palpatine coming back. He died. None of this, these two, three movies should have existed to begin with. But they painted themselves into a corner by opening up the jar, and they just had to close the lid. So, did they close it? Yeah. Was it the worst thing ever? No. But it's not a good movie. And the way that I'm leaving the Star Wars series in my mind right now is this ended well enough, but it shouldn't have happened. So it could have been worse. could have been a hell of a lot worse. And I'm happier about this movie than I was with The Last Jedi, because how could I be any worse uh, feeling when it comes to that, you know? So the character is kind of blah, the story is just kind of quick and easy, the writing is just sort of poor, the tone and the atmosphere is largely what we're going for, it feels like a Star Wars movie, so that's good. And the acting is, yeah, it's Star Wars, the acting's never going to be the best thing in the world. But they hit the beats that they needed to, they just didn't hit them the way they should have. And again, and I can't stress this enough, none of this needed to happen because the story was over. Everything about the Star Wars story, for the most part, ended with Return of the Jedi. The story at that point should have been Luke rebuilds the Jedi Order and there's peace to the galaxy. Not, never mind, let's go backtrack and do the whole thing all over again. So, I'm not going to backtrack and say my thoughts all over again. I just will say, as much as there's a good thing in this movie that's a hit, like the fact that they showed that Snoke was just a bunch of clones... There are also negatives, like pretty much all the other stuff I was talking about this whole entire thing. So is the movie a hit or miss? Uh, I'll put it this way, I guess. This movie, as a movie, is a miss. This movie, as a follow-up to a ridiculously flawed The Last Jedi is a hit, because it makes up for it. This movie, as the end of a trilogy, it's mostly a hit. This movie, as the third act of finishing the story of a trilogy, means that the trilogy is a miss. So those are my points of view. If you want me to elaborate more, as I mentioned, and I could elaborate so much more on this, then... Leave a comment below and tell me about that. Consider donating to the Patreon because any support that goes in that way means that 
the money that goes in that direction means I don't have to spend time on other projects and I can dedicate the time to that because here's kind of my game plan. If I get the time, which I don't think I necessarily will, but just theoretically putting it out there. And again, of course, if you donate to the pick your poison tier, I'll find the time. If I can, what I would like to do is have maybe another podcast with a couple people on where we can all sort of debate some topics back and forth. And it's not just my opinion talking to you, but I would also like to do a fanboys fix it for multiple different things. One of them being how would I fix the sequel trilogy by doing the least amount of edits possible? So you're going to tell me like, I really want to have this stormtrooper that turns good. And I really want to have the lead is a Jedi who's a female. And I really want to have this concept of Palpatine coming back. And I really want to have so on and so forth like that. And then I would want to do a fanboys fix it of, I guess more of a fan fiction of how would I have done the sequel trilogy without having to succumb to those ideas. Like if you were to have approached me before Kathleen Kennedy and everybody got involved and you said, what would you do to plan out a sequel trilogy? What would your three movies be? That's another story that I can write up uh, an outline. Of course, not like the full scripts of like, well, I'll kind of spoil it to me. Luke should have had a full Jedi order. Now that's completely different from what we got in these movies. So how would I have made a story out of that? Well, I can tell you, you know, I'd like to really break this down in a lot of different ways over the course of maybe, I don't know, many, many months or so. So keep that in mind. If you want to hear that, see that, read that, all that stuff, drop a comment below, share your support by following us all over the place, hitting up that Patreon. And while you're figuring out ways to share your support, another way is the merchandise shops on Facebook and on Facebook, on T Public and Redbubble on Fanboys Anonymous for that, as well as a Mango Tees and Smart Cat Moment. Obviously, if you are into pro wrestling, check out smartcatmoment.com. You should be following me all over the place on Fanboys Anonymous and on Smart Cat Moment on Facebook and Twitter and the websites and the channels and all the other things that go along with that. If you're listening on the audio-only platforms for this, like Google Play and Spotify and Stitcher and iTunes and TuneIn and whatnot, then if you enjoyed this and if you want to hear more, give me a positive rating on whatever those platforms are. I'd really, really appreciate that. But it is currently 3.30 in the morning, and I have rambled quite a bit, and I feel like I could ramble on and on and on if I don't shut myself off at some point. So for now, at the very least, these are my thoughts on the rise of Skywalker, and I will elaborate more in the future when I can. And until then, thank you for listening to this, everybody, and I will see you next time. But for now, it's time for me to geek out. Yeah.